covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. It is fantastic to have you with us. This is the final podcast before the regular season gets started as we are less than a week away from baseball getting underway, which is pretty incredible when you consider what has happened here over the last few months and how long it's been since we've really had team competitive sports going on uh, in this country. And now we are going to get baseball first. Basketball is going to be uh, shortly thereafter and then hockey after that. But baseball will be first by a few days and uh, it is set to get underway this week. The Brewers are going to be opening up at their season on the road coming up on Friday night when they go to Chicago to take on the Cubs. Our normal uh, housekeeping items here at the top of the podcast as uh, if you want to get in contact with me, best way to do so is to find me on Twitter at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. And uh, you can also, if you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and can leave a ranking and review, that would be absolutely fantastic and would uh, certainly appreciate you doing that. Our featured guest this week, one of my uh, very good friends, Ashton Rotman. He is the producer on 94.5 ESPN for the Power Lunch with Greg Matzik and also TBD with uh, Brian D. and Tony Smith. And he also is a part of the Tripod. This is Tripod Week number two. We had Justin Garcia on the podcast last week, and he and Ashton uh, put together that podcast and would certainly encourage you to uh, check that out. So Ashton's going to be with us coming up in just a few minutes. Everything seems to be going about as well as it possibly could as we get set for the season getting started later on this week. The Blue Gold World Series has uh, has played out well. Uh, the team outside of Ryan Braun seems to be, for the most part, healthy. Keston here is a little bit banged up too, but here was at least uh, back in the lineup uh, in Sunday's game. It, it, we're getting to a point where maybe we need to start being a bit worried about Braun's availability for the start of the season. But overall, things seem to be going in the right direction. The testing numbers across Major League Baseball have been pretty good. Uh, it it all it all kind of changes once the season gets started when all of a sudden you're checking into hotels, you're on planes, you're on buses, there's a lot of travel, there's a lot of kind of uncontrolled areas that are going to be uh, traveled into, and there's going to be positive tests during the course of the season. We know that is going to happen, but you have to commend Major League Baseball, and specifically Major League Baseball players, for how they've handled things so far. It really seems like uh, the responsibility that goes along with being part of a team and making sure to keep yourself in as healthy of a position as possible, just in the sense of not risking yourself based off where you go. That seems to be something that baseball players are really taking seriously, and that's what has to happen for this season to take place. What Major League Baseball has to avoid is some sort of major outbreak on a team and specifically not just a major outbreak on a team, but maybe that major outbreak going in impacting another team as well. And if Major League Baseball can avoid that, if Major League Baseball can just sit there and have the occasional positive test, which I think the expectation is there are, there are going to be those at some point in the year, if that's what you can kind of move forward with, we're going to have a baseball. It's going to be different. There's going to be no fans in the stands. We know all the ways it's going to be different, uh, but it's going to be baseball, and it's going to start this Friday. And I don't know about you, but uh, I am very, very, very excited about what's going to be uh, taking place. So looking forward to everything officially getting underway. As mentioned this week, Ashton Rotman is our featured guest, but we're kind of slowly shifting back uh, this podcast into a place of where it's normal again and we do all the things that we have done previously so with that let's get to this week's headlines of the week it doesn't matter if it's right in the middle of the summer or winter there's always news about the brewers let's look back at the week that was with matt's headlines of the week manager craig council announced this week that brandon woodruff will be the opening day starter on friday against the cubs we all knew that was going to happen but it is now official So Woodruff is the opening day starter. 
the other information we were given, Brett Anderson is going to start the second game of the season as long as the blister on his hand heals in time for uh, him to be able to uh, be available for that second start. So uh, Brett Anderson, the number two starter for the Brewers, and uh, after that, we'll see where everything goes. Uh, Josh Lindblom, Adrian Hauser, you would think those guys would be uh, in the rotation. You look at uh, Corbin Burns. You look at Freddie Peralta. Uh, Eric Lauer seems to be a little behind the eight ball after he was late getting into camp as a result of uh, just some being very cautious after some contact with people who had tested positive for the coronavirus. But uh, we, know, uh, we know the opening day starter, and we know the day two starter if a blister can heal correctly. The Brewers also inform Logan Morrison and Justin Grimm that they will make the roster at least to start the season. Now, this does mean that they are going to have to be added to the 40-man roster. There are some spots on the 40-man roster right now. I'll be honest with you, I didn't completely realize this. In fact, I've already recorded my conversation with Ashton Rotman. He's going to be coming up in just a bit. I'll tell you now that uh, when we're talking about this, uh, I, I, was, I didn't completely understand that when you go on the injured list as a result of the coronavirus, it's like when you're on the 60-day injured list that you don't count against the 40-man roster. I didn't realize that. So uh, they are there are open spots on the 40-man roster right now. Uh, because that uh, because infielder Luis Urias and left-handed pitcher Angel Perdomo had uh, both tested positive for coronavirus before reporting to camp, and we mentioned Lauer uh, had come in contact with someone who tested positive. So the Brewers are not going to be forced to remove somebody off the 40-man roster to uh, get Morrison and Grimm onto the 40-man roster to at least start the season. But at some point, as those guys do become healthy again, they're going to potentially be some tough decisions to make, but Morrison has been really good. He was really good in spring training. He was really good uh, so far in summer camp. Same thing with Grimm. These look like guys who can certainly be contributors to this club this season. Don't forget that when the season does get started, there will be 30 active players on the roster. After a couple weeks, that will go down to 28. Eventually, it will go down to 26. So there are going to be decisions to be made on roster cut Cutdowns as the season does move along. But for uh, at least the start of the season, again, tough decisions to be made on roster cutdowns and tough decisions to be made when uh, players who are on the uh, COVID-19 injured list get healthy enough to be active. But at least for the start of the season, we are going to see Morrison and Grimm uh, on, on the team, and rightfully so. They have both performed very well, both back in original spring training and in summer camp as well. I don't know if it's time to be worried about Ryan Braun or not. Uh, will They want to get him about 15 competitive at-bats. Uh, reportedly, he has about five so far, but he has not participated in the Blue Gold World Series as he is a bit banged up. There was talk about getting him in the lineup on Sunday. That did not happen. Uh, they'll play inter-squad games Monday, Tuesday, and then they'll play the exhibition game against the White Sox coming up on Wednesday evening in Chicago. And as long as... Uh, we, we, we'll just wait and see. That's uh, uh, While what manager Craig Council has said that he's not overly concerned about Braun, like at some point the calendar matters. And we're at that point where if you're trying to get him that many competitive at-bats before the season gets started and you're just a handful of days before the season does get started and you've only got a few exhibition games and opportunities left to, to get those in, it does become a bit of an issue. We'll see whether or not he is in the lineup come Monday. And by the time you're listening to this podcast, that might already be uh, have been played and we might know the answer to that and probably finding out whether or not he's going to be uh, playing in the inter-squad game on Monday probably goes a long way towards uh, him know, just knowing if he's going to be available when the season gets started or not. But that's it's not overly concerning. Like we've done, we, we've seen this before, right? It's it's Braun. We always know that he's going to be a little bit banged up. We always know that he's going to have an injured list stint or two over the course of the season. That's the way his body is. And uh, this is a big year for him. He wants to play beyond this year. An opportunity for him to be a DH is a big thing for him in terms of just kind of extending out his career. Uh, it's unfortunate that he hasn't been able to get things going here right before the season 
season gets started, uh, but hopefully they are able to get him uh, in the uh, lineup sooner than later so he is available when the season does get underway. Those are this week's Headlines of the Week. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast is powered by WTMJ Mobile, and it is week number two of our tripod series. I try to do this. Like, if I have somebody on from the tripod podcast or tripodcast, I'll get the exact uh, what I should call it here in just a second. I try to do a run of people. So last week we had Justin Garcia on. This week we welcome in. Uh, Ashton Rotman, in addition to being one of the co-hosts of the Tripod, he is also a uh, producer for 94.5 ESPN with uh, the Power Lunch with Greg Matzik and uh, TBD with uh, Brian D. and Tony Smith. Hi, Ashton. Maddie, what is going on? I am watching baseball currently on my TV, my beloved White Sox in a summer camp, whatever the heck they're calling the game. I am so happy to be here. Thank Uh, you. Let's get this straight tripod cast tripod podcast uh incorrect on both accounts no it's it's just called the tripod if you want to call it the tripod podcast that's fine but it's just called the tripod uh so if you're looking for it you can either go on my twitter at ashton underscore rotman uh or that we do have a twitter for the uh, podcast it's just at the tripod you can google the tripod podcast but you will get two options one that has tens of thousands of subscribers and they saw our name but we're not going to talk about that um or the other one that has you know 21 episodes or whatever of of us and you'll know the clear difference uh but my logo is better that i created that's i will stand by that but yes that is uh the tripod and we just talk about a lot of nonsense and matt you've been on several times you're one of our favorite friends of the program i appreciate that they um did you ever what was the movie gosh i saw it i think when i was in college the girl next door do yeah. you uh the, didn't the kids or the guys in that movie didn't they call themselves the tripod um that sounds accurate i don't know for sure uh, i haven't seen that movie in a long time but that movie is a classic i would say uh, but there is definitely some sort of cult movie that used the tripod as like a a name of their crew i think somewhere. it was the girl next door and that is not exactly a family friendly movie and no we d- no it's not we do try to keep things family friendly here at uh brewers extra Innings, the podcast so uh my apologies if uh somebody went looking up that movie and it is not something that uh family members want them to see and with that let's get into baseball <laughs> ashton it is so weird after months and months and months of there not being sports, at least not team competitive sports, that were like four days away from actual regular season sports being played, specifically the Thursday night opener for baseball. I It is very weird. Uh, one of the things I was thinking about today was like, am I allowed to be happy that sports are coming back? Now, I'm a big soccer fan, so I've been watching soccer, but it's not it's 100% not the same, and it doesn't give me the same emotion and passion that I have for baseball specifically and basketball as well. But like, am I allowed to be happy? Cause I'm a little worried. There's part of me that's worried, but most of me is like super excited that I get to hear, you know, Brewers baseball on the radio. I get to cut highlights finally again for the first time. I get to come home and watch the White Sox on my computer and watch whatever game is on ESPN or whatever random Mariners game at nine o'clock at night. I want to tune into cause I'm a giant weirdo. Um, I'm so excited for the return of baseball. You mentioned, you know, the question, like, is it right to be excited? How much should you still be worried? It, the one, like, I compare different sports to different things. Like today with the NFL players doing that concerted social media effort. Mm-hmm. I, when comparing that to baseball, I think the thought, the thing that I really struck me was I actually think NFL players are saying health and safety first, money second. Like they want to get the health and safety stuff figured out and they've got some financial things to get figured out, but they'll worry about that later. Baseball was the exact opposite. They dealt with all the money stuff first. They didn't really deal with it, but they mm. they they got in a fight. <laughs> they, dealt with it. they got in a fight over it and then they threw health and safety together at the last moment. I say all that to say this, it really does seem like baseball players are taking this incredibly seriously. Like you you look at mm-hmm. the 
the things that they're being asked to do on an everyday basis. And from everything we can see, almost everybody is all in. It's really a nice thing to see. Absolutely. And I think it's uh, Didi Gregorius and Clint Frazier both hit home runs yesterday uh, while wearing masks. Clint Frazier, who he said he's going to wear his mask as much as possible. He intends to wear it during games. I don't know if Didi Gregorius said the same thing, but uh, you see guys, you know, there's videos that are get posted by teams of guys taking batting practice with it on to try to get you know used to it, try and see if they can play with a mask on. Um, you definitely see the coaching staffs are taking it very seriously. Umpiring crews, I didn't realize this was going to happen. Maybe I just didn't remember reading it, but umpiring crews are wearing masks on, on the field at all times, even the, in the one that's behind home plate. Um, so I, I'm encouraged by that because it means that they weren't ju- – it wasn't just a lot of talk. It was, we're serious. We will follow the rules, and we just want to get out there and play. Now, you mentioned the thing about the NFL – the other difference that I see with between the NFL and why it feels different and why it seems different is baseball has had one year before the new CBA. The NFL just renegotiated the CBA. So there might be some semblance of we can work with this. Yeah, that, that's a good point because they're not they're not fighting for a, a future fight, so to speak, when you compare mm-hmm. uh, the two different things. I, but I, I think when you compare baseball to what's going on in the NBA and the NHL, uh, it wasn't a great look for Dwight Howard this past week when he's like, <laughs> nope. when he doesn't wear a mask and he's like, man, I'm not going to get it. Everybody passed a test. There's, you know, there's no coronavirus around here. Like that's not a great look for him. But they're. While the bubble is inherently safer with the NBA, it does seem like because there is no bubble in baseball, because there is more of a risk, every time you check into a hotel, every time you get on a bus, every time you get in a plane, every time you walk into a new visiting clubhouse on the road, there is a risk. It seems like because that risk is there, that that's part of the reason why baseball players seem to be taking this so seriously. Yeah, I think you're right, 100%. Um, and, and that's, again, that's an encouraging sign for this weird 60-game thing that's going to happen where there is going to be travel and where the Blue Jays don't know where the heck they're going to play their home games yet. Um, but I just it's, it's all going to be strange, and I really hope everyone continues to take it seriously. Isn't that incredible? We're nine days away from their home opener, and they don't know where that home opener is going to be. Do you have any takes on that, like – I, what do you do? It's so weird. If you, like, what, what do you do? Do you, do you play in Buffalo where you have really bad lighting and it's not of major league caliber and it's just not a very good facility? I, it almost feels like they would maybe go to Buffalo because Buffalo's a bigger city and mm-hmm. it's a triple A facility where some people have mentioned other facilities, like double-A facilities that are in that part of the country that are have much better facilities, have major league standard lighting, that sort of thing. But it almost feels like Toronto doesn't want to say, hey, we're playing in a double-A ballpark, so they may end up going to a horrendous triple-A ballpark instead. Yeah, and I thought the other interesting thing that one of uh, – you'll have to tell me how to pronounce – is it Dunedin? Dunedin, Dunedin Florida? Dunedin. So – which uh, is the dumbest idea they could have yeah. because it's not, if they were going into a bubble, I'd have a similar thought, but a little bit different, but because everyone would be, is traveling for baseball, putting them in Florida is the worst possible idea. So I hope that idea goes nowhere. The Buffalo thing is interesting because like you said, they're already the AAA affiliates. So they have some sort of relationship with that club, but that's the facility itself is not, you know, it's not what you want. So your options are deal with that. Find somewhere else where you can maybe feel better about it. But again, like you mentioned, the double A thing. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they didn't think this was going to happen, or that they just they did, and they're now just finalizing their options. Here's the amazing thing. I, I I don't think enough people are saying this. This had to be a really tough decision for the Canadian government. For sure. You know, the Canadian government made major concessions for the NHL. And I get that it's different because it's hub cities and you're going in there and you're staying there. But the the Canadian government really worked with the National Hockey League for their two hub cities. The Canadian government clearly wants sports to be taking place on Canadian soil. So for the Canadian government to say no to the Blue Jays, this isn't something that they wanted to do. I'm sure this was a very, very tough decision for uh, for those very nice people north of the border. No, I think that's a great point. Like the the idea that they had to turn away their their only team in the entire country 
knowing full well you just mentioned about what everything they did for the NHL. Um, I, I don't think they took that lightly, and I'm, I'm glad that they didn't, and I, I hope it works out for the Jays and wherever they end up going. So I'll tell you something I'm really kind of enjoying about the way uh, summer camp is going for the Brewers. I always think that spring training stats, we make too much of them, especially from a negative standpoint. I, I'm sure. kind of, now I'm, I think I'm when it, when it comes to teams that I cover, I tend to be a, um, an optimist about them because it's, it's more fun to cover a winner. It's not that 100%. I'm rooting for them, but it's so much more fun to cover a winner. And we, we do the, the pre and post on the flagship station. Look, we, we want to see the team be successful. It is good mm-hmm. for us for the team to be successful. So I do think I tend to be uh, an optimist when it comes to that. But I always think people make, for the most part, too much of negative stats during spring training. I buy a lot more into the positive things that are happening than the negative because I feel like players can, especially established players, can flip a switch at the beginning of the regular season. Something that has been enjoyable about summer camp is, yeah, we can go look like on a game-by-game basis and see what guys have done, but it's not like this accumulated spring stats mm-hmm. where we're freaking out over this guy's doing this, this guy's doing that, and uh, part of me has enjoyed that. Yeah, I know. You and I talked, oh man, I think the last time I was on was just before negotiations, just after negotiations um, had started. And before that, you and I talked in the offseason about my entire, like I was completely pessimistic about the Brewers offseason. And I I am still a little bit, but you know, who the heck knows anymore. So like the stuff that I'm seeing about Omar Narvaez, that was my main thing was the, the catcher position. The stuff that I've been seeing about Omar Narvaez and the positive things that he's been doing on the field defensively that he's been working on, but also offensively, which is the main reason that the Brewers signed him to begin with. I think that's a huge deal. You, maybe you're doing it against your own teammates, but it's like, at least you're doing something. So I, I'm happy with that. You know, the idea that uh, Counts has been me- messing with the DH a little bit and, and giving guys extra time. I'm a little bit worried about the Ryan Braun thing. Maybe I'm just overreacting there. It feels like he should be taking part in some of these games. Uh, but the pitching staff, the other thing, uh, Justin Grimm, I was really looking forward to Justin Grimm this season because I think he, when he's you know on, I think he's one of the better relievers in baseball, or at least more most effective. Um, and he has turned it on a, a little bit, so I think that's another good thing. Corey Canable coming back, like I'm with you. I think there's a lot more positives that you can look towards and even force yourself to look at. If you're even if you're a negative person like I am when it comes to the Brewers at times, I'm forcing myself to be like, look, they're out there, they're playing. There is plenty of, of good stories to be had and and uh, and to look forward to progressing throughout the season. How great was the GoPro catcher cam? Oh, so good, man. It's so good. And I, I don't know what they're going to do with it. I don't know what MLBAM, MLBAM, what do we call that? BAM, it, just BAM. BAM. Yeah. So I don't know what BAM is deciding to do with that. If they're going to continue that, that's just a, hey, summer camp teams, do whatever you want. Um, I don't know if they're going to put on umpires. I'd be fascinated with that. If they put it on umpires behind home plate. But I, I've loved all the content that we're seeing uh, throughout very, from various teams throughout all these little scrimmages. Look, I'm not trying to go back and relitigate things, but <laughs> Please, I'm open for it. This is why it is, it is so incredibly frustrating that they did not get mm-hmm. a labor deal done because some of what the players offered the owners was more access. Microphones on players, cameras on the catcher, like all these things the Brewers have been doing on these webcasts, that was going to be a baseball-wide deal. The players were going to agree to those things. Now, I bet they'll probably be part of the next collective bargaining agreement. That's going to be something that uh, players will will give to the owners and everything. Look, you can can sponsor Catcher Cam. You can sponsor the in-game mic. You can get all that stuff sponsored. So that's where that's where the players are saying, we are going to give you stuff that is a revenue creator. But in this really weird, wacky season, wouldn't it have been nice to have been able to see some of that stuff this season and not just in the Blue Gold World Series? Yeah, 100%. No, I, I think you, you nailed that. Like, I, that, this was the, the idea. And again, you said you don't want to relitigate it. I will be happy to relitigate anything Major League Baseball-wise because of my um, – flavor towards Rob Manfred, let's just say it nicely, uh, and how in the owners and how everything was handled. I just, I think that whether or not they were going to get more than 60 games in, as he said, they were never going to, which has not been talked about enough. We won't get into that here. There was an opportunity to try and grow baseball um, in a time where people are open to it. And yeah. may, hey, 
like I said, maybe they're going to figure out a way to do that anyways. And I hope so as one of the, you know, the few remaining baseball fans along with yourself that exists. Um, but like, I, I think they had a good opportunity to do that and it's great. They're doing it in individual teams, but you know, the league as a whole has work to do. I think people are excited. If, if the labor negotiations would have gone down the way they went down when a lot of other things were going on, I think it would have been more harmful. Mm-hmm. Look, there, there's people who are upset about it, but there's nothing else going on. Like the the tele, they the uh, the Mets Yankees game. I think la- last night, Saturday yep. night in yep. New York, Yesterday. got a better TV rating in New York than a lot of stuff that was on network TV. And we're talking about an exhibition between the Yankees and Mets, and it's getting this huge TV rating. Mm-hmm. I think the ratings are going to be just insane this year for for baseball. We'll see, because um, as we both know, baseball is an extremely regional sport. So with basketball happening as well, with uh, hockey happening in certain cities, which doesn't necessarily affect many of the major league markets, but hockey, uh, but basketball certainly does. Um, and we'll see what happens with the NFL. They have a they have a window. I would say they have a window to command the early fall until the NBA really and NFL start to go as long as things go as both of those leagues plan. They have, they have an opportunity throughout the summer to command it. So I agree with that. I, I get that it's a regional thing, but I'm, when I'm talking about ratings, I'm really talking about local TV ratings. I, you know, I don't yeah, know what, then, yeah, then I agree. I don't know what Sunday night baseball is going to do across the country, but you know, they're even regionalizing a lot of the Fox Saturday afternoon games where they're yeah. going to be producing four or five games on a, on a Saturday afternoon. And you're going to go get your local game and your, your market. So I, I just think those ratings are going to be big. Now you make a great point. The NBA is going to have games going on. Hockey's going to have games going on. There are markets out there that have, all three of those sports, and there's potentially going to be evenings where the local NBA, the local NHL, and the local Major League Baseball team are all playing at the exact same time. I don't know what ratings will look like in that situation, but overall, I just think there's going to be a lot of eyes on this. Yeah, no, I agree. I think 100% agree with you on the regional aspect then, and the local market. Uh What's what has struck you so far, like during during the summer camp period, and it, it's so hard to evaluate anything. Like that's why we've sat here and talked about catcher cam and <laughs> interviews that are going on during the broadcast. Like from a baseball standpoint, it, it's really hard to evaluate anything in these kind of shortened games, weird games. Like they're not, they're not they're games, but they're not games. But all that being right. said, has anything really jumped out at you? I mentioned earlier Omar Narvaez at the plate has been big. Um, are you talking specifically Brewers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so Omar Narvaez, uh, Logan Morrison making the team. Um, I guess we all kind of thought he definitely would have a, uh, an, a chance in the spring, uh, but he is he is definitely performed, and with the expanded rosters, he's worked his way into a spot, and with the DH, I think that helps him as well. Uh, still not super thrilled about – the corner position, the corner infield positions. I think that's something that I'm just going to have to wait and see what ha- what happens in games, in actual games, and you know after a week of games. But I think those two, Logan Morrison, uh, Omar Narvaez, and I mentioned earlier Justin Grimm, and just you know Corey Knebel being back. I think those are the big takeaways for me that I'm been paying most attention to. And ha- I haven't mentioned it yet, but I will here. Uh, my guy Keon Broxton. Yeah. Just loved, I'm just I'm just happy he's back. You know what I mean? I don't know if he's going to make the team. I don't know if he's doing anything. I'm just happy to see him catching fly balls in the outfield. It's uh, Keon's such a good dude, and I'm glad that he's back in the organization. It probably doesn't look great at this point for him yeah, being nope. <laughs> with the team, uh, but he'll he'll be with them in Appleton, and, and he'll be part of that squad, and he's certainly somebody that uh, they can be confident that they can put on the Major League roster in a situation, and he would not be embarrassing himself, embarrassing mm-hmm. himself in that situation. I do – so you mentioned Logan Morrison and, and Justin Grimm. So those guys are going to be added to the 40-man roster. And even though the it's a it's a weird deal where to be eligible for the twenty five man roster you still need to be on the forty man roster but that doesn't mean that everybody's that's going to be in Appleton is going to be on the forty man roster this whole thing right. is kind of funky all that being said so they they need to add those guys to the forty man roster which means you're going to be taking somebody guys off the forty man roster. Now, the rosters start at 30 guys. They stay at 30 for two weeks before they go to 28, and then they go to 26. I don't feel like you would 
put somebody on the 40-man roster if you thought that, okay, they're only going to be on the 30-man roster and they're not going to be on the 28-man roster. Because right. I think if you tell a Logan Morgan, Morrison two weeks into the season, hey, you are a 29th guy, we're going to send you down to Appleton, he might say thanks but no thanks and take his release and go find another job. Right, and then then what you've done is you've jeopardized your roster entirely as right. far as the the spots that you wanted to. What what is David Stearns and Craig Council always talk about? They talk about maximizing the people that they have on their rosters. Um, so I 100% agree and think that that's something that is going to have to be looked at. Now I'm not sure. I guess I would say I'm not I'm not positive exactly where I feel I'm going to fall on this. You know, in two weeks when the roster or three weeks when the rosters first start to trim a little bit, but. Um, I do agree with you. Those those two guys specifically, you're not gonna you're not gonna put them on the roster. Those two specific positions: relief pitcher, Craig Council loves relief pitchers, and a utility guy, who Craig Council also loves. Um, I just don't think you're gonna put those two guys on on your forty man. Jeopardize getting rid of them in a couple of weeks if they aren't. I, I don't know. I don't know what the expectations are for them within the first couple of weeks, where you would do that and say. You know, we appreciate your effort. Like, they'd have to be really bad. Right. It does not seem Brewers-like to lose somebody off your 40-man roster to make room for somebody who you only mm-hmm. have two weeks' worth of plans for. Because then exactly. you lose two guys. You lose two guys. Yep. And I don't see them doing that. So when when I hear the that, that Logan Morrison and Justin Graham are going to make the roster, to me that carries a lot of weight because of the implications that go along from a 40-man perspective. Yeah, now let me ask you this, because I was just I was trying to remember a few of the names on the 40-man roster that I, that I thought could be moved, and the first name I saw was Brett Anderson. That's not the first name I'm thinking of. That was just he's literally alphabetically listed first uh, on the Brewers' website, at least, which obviously doesn't tell the whole story right now. But um, Brett Anderson had blister issues uh, this past week. And I don't know if he was expected to be part of the rotation, but that's a name that I'm, or at least part of the pitching staff, that I'm kind of interested in. Like, hey, you got this guy in the offseason. You need arms. Uh, um, you know, what's what's his deal? What's his future at the moment anyways? Is, is he intended to, do you think, Matt, is he intended to be on this opening day roster or at least part of the opening day rotation of arms? Yeah, I mean, Council said he was going to be the number two starter if uh, if the blister was healed. Well, I hope it's healed. <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's all we know about the starting rotation at this point. Brandon Woodruff is your opening day guy, and Brett Anderson, if his blister allows, will be the number two guy. Uh, but but you and I can both assume that Josh Lindblom will be number three, probably. That seems right, and I think Adrian Hauser's in there as well. And then there's yeah, he's, still he's pitched well. I thought. I, uh, in these couple of appearances. I don't think Eric Lauer is there right at the beginning. I don't think he's going to be stretched out quite enough. Uh, coming, you know, he was late getting in with the, uh, with the coronavirus scare. Uh, I'm, I'll Corbin. go back to all, everything that I was saying during, um, during spring training. I am all in on Corbin Burns. Yeah. He, he's looked phenomenal. That's a guy I, I did not mention. Um, when you asked me earlier about things that stuck out, I don't know if you last year was just such a, a misnomer and what we expected from him after his awesome rookie season. And maybe that's, that's on us and us as in just general fan base for thinking of, you know, Hey, Corbin Burns is the next guy. Maybe that's on us. Maybe that's, you know, he just had a rough year and I mean, it's baseball like that happens obviously. Uh, but he has looked really, really, really good in his outings. And look, what's, what's the number one thing everyone just is, is going to look out for with him though. Home runs. That's, okay. that's, that's, that's the biggest thing last year. So that's that's what's coming down to. If he keeps giving up home runs, then everyone's going to keep you know going out after him. But uh, I have been very excited about what he's done so far. Call me crazy. I'm more worried about ERA. Yeah, you know runs are not great, Matt. Yeah, uh, you're you're crazy, but not for this specific reason. So I'll give you a break on that. My guy Freddie Peralta. Uh, I just wanted. I just love watching him pitch. I know he's he's like that high. He's the dude that's like you don't. You're not sure what going to happen you think it's going to end well but you're not 100 percent positive anytime he goes on the mound i don't know what his role is on this team I, I have no clue i love him as a relief pitcher i have been selling him as a relief pitcher to anybody who would listen for a while but that being said when he was playing winter ball he he added to his pitching repertoire and that's been right. the problem with him he hasn't thrown he hasn't thrown enough pitches and when his fastball is a plus he it's he might plus. he might be the best pitcher on the staff, but the problem is no pitcher is going to have 
their best pitch at an A-plus level every single time they go out. Mm -hmm. And on those days where your best pitch is a B or your best pitch is a C, you got to have those other pitches aren't average. Right. You got to have those other pitches to be able to make up for it. And that was why we saw such a wide range of results from Peralta because if his fastball was not awesome, he was not going to have a good day. Yeah, so I, the winter ball thing is interesting because I was following that a little bit because, again, as you know, I have a long list of my guys in sports and in uh, in the world just in general. Like you're one of my guys, of course. Uh, so you're on that list with Keon Broxton. Thanks, man. And uh, you're one of my and guys Freddie too. Peralta. <laughs> you're one of my guys. Uh, so I follow a little, little bit, but like the idea that Freddie Peralta just is going to be on the mound at any point this season excites me. It also terrifies me, and it, yeah, I think a lot of fans feel the same way. This is a good problem for the Brewers to have where they have so many starters. And let's also, something that I'm very curious when it comes to the rotation, you know, playing these 60 games in basically, what, like nine weeks, I guess it would be. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, you look at, they, they are going to start the season on July 24th. That's a Friday. The -hmm. following Thursday, they have an off day. Then they are going to have another off day on August 17th. So they're playing tons of games in a row there. They finally start to get a few off days in September where they're going to have three straight Thursdays off. But that month of August is a bear. And guys are not going to be fully stretched out. I have a hard time believing you are going to go with just five starters during that entire period. It might make sense to have a sixth guy. I don't know if it's a six-man rotation or if it's a Somebody five. where you're you're willing to have available and ready to stretch out. Well, just every – you know what? You go through the rotation twice. You go through your five guys twice, and then before you start a third time, you take your sixth guy and you just throw a start his way just to give everybody a day, like something like that. I think there's – I think there is some wisdom potentially in doing that. I agree. Uh, now, I'm going to ask you a follow-up. How many teams do you think are going to – employ a strategy like that from the outset i think did is it i think i read that seattle's going with a six-man rotation said they said they're going to do it um i'm now like i'm not expecting every team to come out and and every manager to be like yeah this is what we're going to do the start i'm just curious the way it maps out and obviously you mentioned um all the (laughs) the games that the brewers haven't their their schedule is not unique teams are going to have giant stretches without off days unless weather happens which god they don't need that yeah um, I, I'm just curious if teams are going to attack it differently or if we're going to see more and more five-inning starts and extra relievers on rosters for, for the first couple of weeks. Like, I, I don't know what to expect as far as what teams themselves are expecting from pitchers. Yeah, I don't know. Again, six guys make a lot of sense. Now, Part of the, one of the elephants in the room in all this whole thing is – the rule where relief pitchers have to face three batters or end an inning, that inherently is going to result in pitchers, not as many pitchers being used because there's not going to be as many pitching changes. But again, I don't really know what effect that's yeah. going to have overall. Does that make, do you feel like you've got more guys in the bullpen because you might be using less guys in a game, if that makes sense? That's kind of fuzzy math right there. No, that's that's kind of where I'm thinking. In my head is like, how <laughs> this is going to be an interesting season for managers because they're going to have to try and figure out what can you do at the start that you either will decide you want to do out throughout the entire season or that you're not going to do at all for the rest of the year after this first week or after the the roster start to shift. Um, and when, once it gets onto the 26 man roster, I think you can only have 13 pitchers. Um, I think is is the rule once it gets down to that final 26 man roster. And like, look, I'm thinking about this. Uh, I don't know why this week I was thinking about this. Like, what the hell is the trade deadline going to look like? I maybe I'm being too human here, but I I know what you're going to say, and I agree. I if I'm a general manager, I don't want to make trades in the middle of mm-hmm. a pandemic. You've got guys you don't know where their families are. Like guys are already sacrificing a lot to play. I just I don't like the idea of trades this year. your team is your team and just go with it. And I know a general manager's job is to build a roster that can compete for a championship. And there's going to be situations where teams feel like they're a player away at the deadline, but just from a very human standpoint, I I'm, I'm so uncomfortable with the idea 
of trading players during a pandemic. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. Um, God, isn't it awesome? We're, we're talking, we get to talk about baseball. We get to talk about baseball right now, Matt. Yeah. It's fantastic. And we get to talk about a trade deadline that uh, is weird for many different reasons than it normally would be strange in the past. That's just, uh, you can see the smile on my face. I'm so excited to be talking about baseball. It's, and yeah. Um, but, and we just don't know what it's going to look like. That's one of the, when you're around baseball, like you always, you never know exactly what's going to happen. But the unknowns that exist in this year make it that much more intriguing. Craig Council talked about this the other day, and this is coming at it from a very negative standpoint. But let's be honest. If, if some team has some type of outbreak or if a star player gets it, like an entire team season could be borderline wrecked Right. At just any moment, and that's not good. But it just it just goes to show you the kind of unknowns that are existing for this year. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that, and I, I think the other interesting part about that, as far as thinking about teams that you don't know what's going to happen, is you're not sure if uh, a player is going to come back and be able, and be able to perform again, or if, what if in that two week stretch, you know, a player goes away and and the team does well or has success or finds someone else. Uh, then I, I think that's the other interesting part is you don't know how teams are going to react one way or the other. So we'll, uh, we're doing this on Zoom where we could see each other. My wife is taking the dogs out right now, and there's a couch next to my office door, and my 16-month-old daughter almost uh, biffed it off the back of the couch. So she is, now, uh, she, she is now joining us here. This is good. Well, that's that's great. That's good audience. Yes, this is a pe- good audience. People listening to this podcast have uh, have no clue, but yeah, I, I kept things going while hoping that my daughter did not fall off the back of the couch. I'm glad she didn't fall off for many reasons. Uh, one, because then people would have just heard my nonsense for several minutes, which I, I'm not even sure where I was going with my take. So that was good. I'm glad. You did a nice job, though, by the way. As I went out of your screen, you probably had no clue what I was doing. Uh, I figured something terrible had happened or you were just tired of me. So. Yes. I am now handing her back off to my wife, and we can continue to talk baseball. Now the question is, do I edit that out of the podcast or do I just leave this as is? If it was me editing, I wouldn't. You're a professional, so you might. I don't know. I'll leave it in. What the heck? We'll give, uh, we'll give people uh, – Oh, now my wife doesn't want me to leave it in. She's like, we're going to – I don't even know what we were talking about at this point. Uh, completely distracted by uh, by things going on. This is what happens when you when you work from home. Have you had any situations like that as you have produced shows uh, where, yes. where hosts have been at home? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'll name names. Um, so the Power Lounge, Greg Masick every day, noon to one. Uh, when Greg was doing his shows from home, he has two young daughters, I believe aged six and four. Uh, it might be four and two. I'm, I, one of the two. Um, it's around, they're around that age. They're very young. They're wonderful. Riley and Kendall. And uh, I've talked to them on the headset several times. I'm Mr. Ashton, which is very kind because uh, I should not be spoken to in a professional manner at any setting. But the interesting thing is every once in a while, they'll just hang out in the room that he's doing it with, doing the show with. Uh, me and they will want lunch or a granola bar or you know to go outside and play but it, they can't because you know daddy's on the air for seven more minutes <laughs> and he, i've heard him say i need to finish this segment like in commercial breaks and i'm like laughing in the studio because i want to tell him uh i can hear them so everyone else can but i also think it's funny and think it's good to be part of the show so uh, i have left it in and i have aside from one time when when uh, his daughter was just crying uncontrollably and i just took over for like a minute while he rushed her out of the room. The, uh, but yeah, it's weird. It's fun, though. It, this won't be the case this year because of social distancing, but in the past, Greg Matzik and I have sat next to each other in the press box at Brewers games, and when it's time for his daughters to go to bed for the night, they mm-hmm. FaceTime so he can say goodnight to them. So I am generally part of the saying goodnight to his daughters, and I am known as the boy. Is, is the boy next to you, Dad, they would say to Greg? So you're Mr. Ashton. I'm just the boy. That's, that's You're mysterious. Yes. I'm just, the goo- I'm just the goofball. And nobody has referred to me as a boy in, a, uh, in, in quite some now. time. So, uh, so <laughs> that's, until I, I will after, after this. <laughs> the boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I see them in real life, it's like, hey, this is the boy. 
that's that's how that's how I'm introduced to them when I see them, <laughs> which is always uh, which is always funny. Um, all right, I don't know where where we're at or where we're going with this. Um, yeah, I mean, things get going. The, the Blue Gold World Series. I don't. They one team is already like. Yeah, won, I don't know how the scoring works. Won the thing. The other day, there was reports of it was two to one, but it was actually four to one, or then it was five to three at some point. And the blue team won a game, which really messed me up scoring wise. Um, so I really just focused on looking for the highlight videos from Brewers.com if I'm not watching the game, just so that I can see highlights because I can't keep track of the score. You mentioned Ryan Braun, and I'm glad we're having this conversation on Sunday night and not Saturday night because Saturday, or I guess Friday would have been the last time Craig Council spoke before Sunday. You know, he basically said, look, well, Braun's going to be fine. We're not worried about him being ready for the opener. But Council did kind of admit in his Sunday conversation that, look, there's not a lot of time left. He's he's banged up right now, but mm-hmm. there's not a lot of time left. If you want to get 15 competitive at-bats in, and reportedly he has five, so they want to get him 10 more competitive at-bats between Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Two games, mm-hmm. two inter-squad games Monday, Tuesday, and then an exhibition against the uh, White Sox coming up uh, on Wednesday. There's Time is of the essence at this point, and... I'm not 100% sure that Braun is going to be good to go for the start of the season coming up Friday in Chicago. Yeah, I I guess I was a little concerned when I saw that, you know, it's like, hey, he's not producing the first game. It's like, okay, you know, whatever, I get it. He's he's Braun, he's old, he's he's got, you know, things here and there. And I was like, oh, we're going to give him a few more days. I was like, I just, I don't know, man, I feel like DHing him wouldn't be the worst idea because that's where I feel he's going to be a lot of the time is he's going to DH. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's true, I guess. I don't know. I would assume. I'm I'm comfortable with with like Logan Morrison and Justin Smoke over at first base most of the time. The occasional Braun appearance if you need to DH Yelich for a day, DH Kane for a day to get them off their feet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, still you you clearly can still put Braun in the outfield in those situations as well. There's no necessity that he plays over at first base. Um, yeah, I, I'm fine with him DHing being the, uh, not the full-time DH because they're not going to do that. And I do think the important thing for the Brewers and using the DH is going to be able to utilize it to give Christian Yelich a day off his feet, Lorenzo Cain a day off his feet. Those are going to be really important things, yep. uh, especially in the month of July. But I don't, I don't think we need to see Ryan Braun in the field that often. I'm with you hundred percent. I, I, my curiosity was more on the at bat side of things, which is like, I get it. And I know Eric name makes a joke on Twitter, you know, Ryan Braun, professional hitter. Like I get it. But at the same time, like you haven't, you have probably haven't been swinging at live pitching, live major league baseball pitching for four or five months. Like I just got a little concerned and like, Hey, this is not the year to be like, ah, he'll be, you know, 10 games in is when we'll start to, to really ramp it up. It's just not the year for that. Like it's just, it's just not. No, I mean, generally this is the time of the year where he's starting to really round into playing as a lot you know he Mm -hmm. you really take it easy on him for the first couple months and then he starts playing a fair amount in july and august before he's pretty much that every single day guy and in the final month of the season where he tends to take off a bit uh and it's just it's different i mean you've got warm weather that's good his body tends to respond to warm weather but it's it's you're you're combining warm weather with not a lot of reps on the field. It's a I don't think anybody really knows how his body is going to respond to everything that's going on right now. Yeah, and I and that's why like I even though my thinking is I'm a little bit worried, it's, it could just be it's not not fair yet because we don't really know uh, exactly how he's feeling. It could just be he's not getting in at bats. Um, so we'll see. But I, I I as of today, you know July nineteenth or whatever, um, I'm expecting him to be in the opening day lineup. I'm not going to lie. All right, Ashton. Uh, tripod, you, Justin Garcia, and whoever else you might happen to have on at any given moment. Uh, yep. People should listen to that podcast. Uh, the Power Lunch with Greg Matzik, TBD with uh, Brian D. and Tony Smith on 94.5 ESPN. Anything else you want to plug before we get you out of here? Mm, no, I don't think I'm doing anything else. Okay. I, I think it's, it's just those things. I try not to ruin whatever I'm on. That's That's just my goal every day in life. Last time we had you on, you had your uh, hot dog stand coming up. Are yes, you doing that again yes. at any point in the uh, near future? We'll have to see. The uh, The idea is to do it every March. Uh, one of these years, it will be a real thing. That's still in the, the dream journal of Ashton Rotman. Uh, but we'll see what happens in, in the coming months. But the goal is 
for us to start planning soon-ish and and for March it to happen. Did you do it this past March? Was that this past March? Yeah, we did it. Okay, we did it. Yeah, this the, the day we did it. We did it March eighth, and then everything closed. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, um, I, I've thought about that many times. That was the last time I had seen most people in my life. That was the last day I saw um, a couple of family members for a couple months. Like that. That was. It was very strange. Very odd. Uh, but no, we got it in and it was good to see people and, and it's good now that things are, everyone seems to have figured out life over the last four months. I was in the radio station building on Friday. Justin Garcia was there as well yep. for Justin. It was his first time being there since March. For me, it was the first time being there since January or February. It's so weird when you think it's been a half year since I've walked into the building where my place of work is. Yeah. And there was, you know, it was like a three month span where there was nobody there except for producers and like two essential hosts and newscasters, essentially. Yeah. Uh, which was strange. But um, you, myself, Justin and a couple and Scott Worth, a couple other people all socially distanced, hung out near a desk on Friday for like a half hour. And it was it was uh, I don't even know how to describe it was really it was great. It was just good. It was glorious. Good. Glorious. It glorious. Was, it was good to, to be able to to be around friends again like in person and not over a million zoom calls i agree all right ashton thank you we'll do this again very soon yes sir thank you for having me ashton rotman joining us here on brewers x earnings the podcast powered by wtmj mobile as that is just about set to uh, wrap things up we're just about done here uh on the podcast really really looking forward to what's going to be taking place this week do want to remind you that the Brewers exhibition game against the White Sox coming up on Wednesday evening, that's going to be a 7-10 start. Uh, that game will be broadcast live on WTMJ. So live Brewers baseball back on the radio coming up on Wednesday evening when the Brewers play an exhibition against the White Sox. We are going to have a special Brewers preview show from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock right before that game gets underway. I hope you can uh, join us for that as uh, we look forward to uh, being able to bring it your way. And then the Brewers and the Cubs open up the regular season coming up this Friday night. A 6-10 first pitch from Wrigley Field. That means our coverage is set to begin at uh, 535. And I hope you'll join us uh, on WTMJ for uh, that game, all the games. And of course, uh, join me after the games for Brewers Extra Innings. Man, I'm glad I get to be able to say that. I am so looking forward to being able to talk with all of you uh, after Brewers games uh, this year as we finally get the season started. So we will have our first edition of Brewers Extra Innings following Friday night's game against the Cubs. So I very, very, very much look forward to talking to you then. My appreciation to Ashton Rotman for joining us on the podcast. My appreciation to you for listening to the podcast. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. We're going to be talking next week on this podcast. We're going to get to talk about actual baseball that has been played, regular season games. It feels like it's stuck up on us, even though it's been so long since we've had anything. But we're, we're finally, finally, finally here. All right, thanks for uh, being tuned in. We'll talk to you next week. It's Brewers Extra Innings Podcast, powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.